Welcome back to another episode of Small College Conversations powered by Blue Frame Technologies. My name is Nick Rule. I'm the Director of Athletics at William Penn University and a Business of Small College Athletics board member. And today we have a great guest for you. Um, I'm thrilled to be joined by Ryan Kaiser, the Director of Athletics and Recreational Programs at the College of DuPage in Illinois. Ryan, welcome to Small College Conversations. How are you doing? Doing well. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Absolutely. Now, we, we got a few really good things to talk about, and you're going to be able to add some unique perspective to everyone that listens. And, you know, a lot of ADs and, and aspiring ADs listen to this, uh, to this show. And so um, your perspective is going to be really interesting. So talk about, you know, we all have a unique path to the chair. Right. Um, so what was your path to serving this role? And, and was there a moment in time during that journey that you just yeah. knew that you wanted to be an AD? Sure. So my path is probably a little bit more unique than probably a lot of other people. So my dad uh, is 72 years old. He is the conference commissioner of the St. Louis Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, uh, which is a division three in, uh, conference down in St. Louis. Uh, but before that, 45 or so years as either a football coach or a director of athletics. So to be honest with you, this is really the only job that I've ever known. Uh, growing up, being a gym rat, uh, a coach's kid, going to, you know, learning naughty words on the sideline, don't tell your mom uh, types of conversations uh, at practices or at games on the opposing sideline or what have you. But, you know, very early on, I got exposed to college athletics in the early 80s uh, to mid 80s. Uh, you know, I'm 43 years old now. This is actually my 20th year in college athletics. So I became a GA uh, right out of my undergrad. 9-11 had just happened and I knew how to be a poor college student. So going back to grad school was probably something that was pretty easy. Uh, asked a lot of people, hey, how do I get in? I remember sitting with Mitch Barnhart uh, in my undergrad at Oregon State University, uh, who's the athletic director at Kentucky now. And I said, Mitch, what what do I need to do? And he's just like, look, the easiest uh, job to be able to get into this business is compliance. And so here's a division one manual. You can read it cover to cover if you'd like, but you need to know kind of chapters 12 through 17. Uh, and if you know this stuff, you'll be able to get a job. And so uh, I did that my junior year at Oregon State and really started to do the deep dive, became a graduate assistant, coached golf, coached football at the division three level. And then I landed my first job as a compliance coordinator at division two institution at Western Oregon University. And, you know, I've been around the country. This is my eighth stop. Uh, I've been to all different uh, sorts of places, but, you know, I got into this business really because of my dad. I, I knew what the business was at a very young, early age, uh, was exposed to it, was exposed to being around college athletes and, and around facilities and those types of things. So, you know, the apple didn't, fall very far from the tree. This is, this is really what I knew uh, and what I wanted to do for pretty much my undergraduate and then into my master's. And then I'm, I'm currently ABD with my doctorate. So it's, it's really what I wanted to do all along. I love that story because you and I met, gosh, a few years ago. I can't remember if it's the NAI convention or not. That's right. Yep. yep. Yeah. And, and you told me about that. And I just thought, man, this is such a cool thing. I mean, you so often hear, you know, people, they ascend to the chair through, you know, just their own interests or through coaching and all that, but you're, this is a family connection. This is, this yeah. is deep uh, in, in your, in your, in, in the family tree. And so I thought that was really, really cool. And 
appreciate you sharing the perspective of that with your dad and all that. Um, yeah, you guys had a good year, uh, football program. Yeah. Um, you know, how's it been coming out of COVID and, and yeah. we're still in it. Um, yeah, but, we haven't got out of it quite yeah, yet. How, do we got, how does it feel coming out of it, being able to play? And uh, I was following you along on, on Twitter and just and seeing your guys' success. Uh, yeah. It's been kind of fun. So tell us a little bit about how this fall's gone. Yeah, so, I, I, so we need to rewind back to the first year in COVID. And, you know, uh, we are, the College of DuPage uh, is about 25,000 plus students. We're the second largest junior college in the nation. We are a non-scholarship athletic department. So none of our teams have athletic scholarship. And although that may change down the road, currently, uh, we, we, all of our teams are, are non-scholarship. Yeah. Uh, we we kind of got a running start for this year, last year, when uh, you know, we were looking around, we, we didn't play every sport. We didn't play football. We didn't play mm -hmm. basketballs. We, we just did a little bit with volleyball. So, you know, didn't play soccer. So mm -hmm. the only sports that we really played were stuff like cross country, track and field and golf, baseball, softball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we had to kind of go through the, the ranks to try to figure out which ones we would, or which ones we wouldn't, we wouldn't play. Uh, I would say Chicago is very conservative. I mean, we're a huge metropolitan. And so we're about 30 minutes, 35 minutes from downtown Chicago. So we were more conservative and restrictive than maybe say people in another state. But, you know, with the sports that we did play, you know, I, I came in here two years ago and I just felt that there really was no, like it was Survivor Island. Mm -hmm. Every one of our 17 teams was on Survivor Island that they, they wanted to do it their way right away. And instead of, you know, being out on survivor Island, I asked everybody to come to my Island, mm -hmm. come to my Island, let an administrator, let my team work with you so that we can set you up with success. And I would tell you for the most part, everybody grabbed a hold of that and said, that's a great idea. Now, you know, there was some attrition with some people that, you know, just, Hey, wanted to do it their way. And, you know, you got to figure out who the right people are and ask them to get on your ship. And if they are great. And those that don't, you just, you know, some of them are mature enough to, to find another, find another position. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is the level of expectation that we have here. And, you know, we, we want to be competitive in the top half of our league. Uh, it, you know, there's a reason they keep score. We want to be on the side that is typically winning. And when you, when you do that, and you make partners with coaches and, and you want to partner with them and you want them to use you as a resource and you use them as a resource as you kind of mold and shape their program. But, you know, I'll tell you, uh, a, a lot of this is we, we are very well funded. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of these programs, I don't know another coach that when you tell them this story and you say, look, I'm going to give you this rock and this rock is the football program. And most times I'm going to be able to give you the, 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 the hammer and the chisel. Sometimes I'm only going to be able to give you the chisel. And sometimes I'm only going to be able to give you the hammer. And sometimes I may tell you that I can't give you either. And you got to go figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, but we work with them on a daily basis to kind of carve out what that program is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And the majority of our coaches have taken that approach and partnered with the administration. And we've incrementally increased the bar. Uh, for our level of expectations with these teams. And, you know, you go back to last spring, you know, we were one of, I don't know, five or six teams only to go to the national championship for outdoor track and field. Mm -hmm. We won it. 
And what that did for us is we went from a team of about 30 on both the men's and the women's team combined. I think we've got 75 on both Mm -hmm. our teams now. So we've, we've over doubled Mm -hmm. our team for track and field. And look, you know, I don't know the pie in the sky or the magic eight ball or whatever, but we're the reigning national champion in, in men's and women's outdoor track and field. And and we're going to, you know, do everything we can to retain that title. Yeah. And, our softball program hit and finished uh, fifth in the nation. Our golf team finished fourth in the nation. And we just had everybody start to hit. And I think, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. And so when the, all these coaches start to see each other having success, they, they're in the office kind of trying to one-up each other and trying yeah. to do the best that they can. And, you know, when we had that success this last spring, I, I would say that's the thing that got us going for this, this fall. That's awesome. We were, we were able to, uh, you know, and, and we did that all while being undermanned from an administrative staff until this year, I was able to add my, uh, assistant athletic director for internal operations. And so we kind of completed the, the, the piece of the puzzle, at least that I felt was missing on my end. Uh, and, and now, uh, you know, we had football hit and win the national championship and we hosted the national championship and you know our backs were against the wall in game five we lost to Nassau at Nassau and we said look in order for us to make this national championship we got to run the table and you know in the sport of football that's hard to do because everybody's trying to win and then we had our cross-country teams go down to Georgia and compete in the national championship and both of those teams finished third uh, and was able to bring back a trophy and you know, our volleyball team was was one win away, one one win, one game away from a five set match from going to the national championship in Minnesota. So I just think that everybody has bought into the philosophy of, you know, just trying to be better, you know, one percent better every single day and to continue to raise the level, to raise the bar, to raise the level of expectation, not only for the coaches, but for our student athletes where they got to knock it out of the park and be you know uh, good stewards socially and they got to nail it in the classroom and they got to have success there and you know we added a student athlete enrichment coordinator which that is his only job is to help provide services and help kids connect the dots if if they're having trouble whether it's time management or I'm struggling with math can I get a math tutor or whatever the case may be and so now that we've all brought it together we're just really hitting all on all cylinders and I just I'm so proud of this group and this team. And, you know, we're excited. You know, we've had a little bit of trouble with the winter sports. We come inside, you know, kind of the COVID thing jumps off and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's high again. So we're struggling a little bit with that with some of our winter sports. But, you know, we're looking forward to getting outside with baseball and softball and in and, and our, and our get different sports and track and field again to uh, obviously have another really great spring and, and finish out the year. But, you know, the fact that, that we won, we hadn't won the uh, Director's Cup. Mm-hmm. And, and I know when we start talking about director's cup and stuff like that, you know, they, they only, they only offer one of those at the division one level and they only offer one of those at the division two level. And they only offer one of those at division three and the NAI level. And at our level, they offer a scholarship and a non-scholarship and we hadn't won it in 11 years and we won it last year. And that's the pinnacle. It's, it's every AD that is the pinnacle of success. Yeah. And, you know, I, there are many times, especially last spring, where never in a million years, yeah, never in a million years did I ever expect and be able to come into a position where we're just able to tweak just a little bit and some, yeah. set some expectations that, you know, we just want to be better, you know, each and every day that we can be. And and I've got a great group that has bought into that philosophy and, and we hit it out of the park this last year. Isn't it amazing when you just provide um, 
clear expectations um, to coaches. Uh, you know, coaches are wired in a way that they want to be good. They, they want to be great. Or well, they and I think they desire it, Nick. They, they desire, they desire clear expectation and guidance and leadership because, you know, previously when they felt like they were out on Survivor Island, they felt like they had to make everything happen on their own. And, and now that we've given them a platform to, to not have to feel that way, where, where they can, they've got a person that when it comes to academics, they can work with, they've got a person when it comes to, you know, uh, the budget that they can work with. They've got a person when it comes to game management, they can go to, when it comes to equipment, they've got a person that they can go to. And next thing you know, you, you, you realize that you're not out there all by yourself and, 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 and that we are a team and we all are, you know, trying to push the rock up the hill together and you don't have to feel like you're doing it uh, by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that you talk about your experience in, in the industry and and as, as I've gotten to look into you a little bit more and just and, and to know you just like you've been through everything. And, and one of the things you went through is one of the things that, you know, at, at private colleges is yeah. just is a fear. Right. And, and you were at a school that closed at Lindenwood Bellevue. Yeah. And um, so what, what did you learn from that experience? I mean, you guys had a thriving department going there. You were really moving the right direction. Yeah. And then, you know, Lindenwood Big Campus basically kind of said, you know, we're, we're closing you. And, yeah, yeah. and so how, how did that experience affect yeah. you as a leader and, and how you, were you there for your staff? Uh, the toughest moment of my career. Um, mental health was no good. I didn't want to be in the office because I did not want to have to sit in front of somebody uh, and have to lie to them about, well, do you know, do you not know what's going on? And there just was kind of a bunch of ambiguity out there with people not knowing kind of where they fit in. And, you know, uh, you know, the mothership that we call them, Linwood, St. Charles, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of a, they spread themselves too thin. You know, they got out, and, yeah, it, it, we had all kinds of, you know, we had 34 sports teams when I got there. But what we couldn't do is we couldn't recruit the general student. Mm -hmm. They were all student athletes. I think it was like 78, 82%, something like that. were all student athletes. So I was the enrollment machine. I was the, the, the group that was required and, and was having to have the, you got to get your number or else. Mm -hmm. And look, that's not a healthy relationship, whether it's with any sport, you know, asking them to over recruit because you and I both know this, Nick. These kids are one moment, one experience, one bad experience away, whether it's in the lunchroom, in the dorm, with a professor. Uh, and, you know, I think the, whether it's the NCAA or the NAI or even the junior, we've made it to, you know, we've, 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 we've done this transfer portal thing, right? And we've made it so easy for these kids to say, you know what, bump this. I'll go find another spot. And I'm here to tell you that ain't happening. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, only 26% of the kids that actually go into the portal come out with another opportunity that's funded yeah. by another institution. So yeah. they're giving away what they have because they don't realize how good they have it, even if they're a backup, even yeah. if they're in a limited type of role and they're throwing that away because the grass is always greener. And I'm telling you, it ain't. Yeah. It ain't always greener. Yeah. And, and, and we work really, really hard to provide a quality student athlete experience. All of us do. That's kind of a buzzword. And mm -hmm. we talk about it a lot as athletic directors. And look, 
whether it's with your RA or whether it's with a professor or an adjunct professor or whether that's a, a bad experience with the food and or whatever, you're, you're, you're one ex bad experience away from that kid and the college down the street who is fighting for that same kid at a high school or at a, at a, as a transfer. And so look, the, the, the private model right now is just really hard, right? I mean, I would love to say that we, you know, are a small school and we provide the personal attention and look, some people look for that. We provide the four-year experience and the two-year model. We, we've got great athletic facilities. We got all the bells and whistles that kids are looking for. We're the second large prep, uh, public university in the state of Illinois behind the University of Illinois. And at the end of the day, we're providing a two-year model, uh, a four-year four experience in the two-year model. But I'm here to tell you, man, it's rough sled. Mm -hmm. uh, higher education is such a competitive market right now. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not only keeping up with the Joneses with facilities and discount rate and, and, and every little thing that you can do, but all programs, whether you're in academia, academia or staff or faculty or whether you're, you know, the, the, the uh, custodial staff or the vice president or the president, you're all moving towards the same mission, which is providing exceptional customer service mm -hmm. to our uh, people that are paying to come to school, which, which, which is our, you know, our target market, right. Which is the student. And so if you have one of those sections that is missing, whether it's in student affairs or, you know, the, the international side of things or the recruitment staff or admissions or financial aid or wherever you're missing, that could be the cog in the wheel that takes you out. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that's kind of what happened at Lindenwood university Belleville is at the end of the day, we knew our target market was student athletes. What we couldn't do is recruit the general student because we didn't have the things that they were looking for because they could go to many other private universities and pay the $30,000, $40,000 price tag and receive a better living experience, could receive a better hospitality or customer service sort of a thing. And, and so I would tell you right now that it's, it's tough sledding wherever you go, but specifically in the private sector because kids are one bad experience away from hopping across town because somebody's willing to give them another thousand dollars. And instead of paying, you know, $15,000 out of pocket, now I'm only able to have to pay 12. Well, when it all comes down dollars and cents, you know, cause you, you know, just as well as I do, you're selling moms and dads more yeah. so than a lot of times because they're the ones footing the bill. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that kind of gets us into our next question. And that is just, uh, there's probably, um, uh, an up and coming athletic director out there, or yeah. even a current athletic director that's at a four year institution or even at a two year institution right, right. and looking to go to a four year or looking to go from a four to a two. Yep. Um, you've recently worked in both. Um, yeah. and, and so, what are some of the surprising differences that you noticed um, in leading an operation? And not necessarily that one's worse than another or, right. or vice versa, but just like, what are some of the surprising differences that you didn't? realize comparatively so i would say this uh so just the private versus public sector mm -hmm. uh the, the you you have mo more mobility in the private sector and can be more agile to uh be flexible enough to change directions as needed as our market continues to change as covid kind of threw the wrinkle into things we had the ability to shift and we're funded by the state. We're, yeah. we're funded by the taxpayers of DuPage County. 
25,000 people that go to school here and over 3,000 employees, it's like the Titanic. Mm -hmm. uh, just to change a degree or two to start to change the ship and to kind of, it, it, it takes a lot longer in the public sector uh, than it does the private sector. But I think, I think you're more, uh, you're more, you're more enrollment driven. I mean, you know, I, I was at an institution that had about a thousand kids and you count on every one of those thousand kids to attend school and pay tuition so that, you know, you can keep the lights on at, at, at the private institution. You know, we're, we've got about 350 athletes here and we've grown just in this year, going from about 260 to about 350 now. So we've kind of raised the level of expectation. And, and you know, when you have success, more people want to get on the ship with what you're doing. But uh, we've got 25,000 students that go here and probably another 15,000 that are kind of the adult ed or, you know, the, the, the online type of group. So 300 people divided by 40,000 headcount, we're a drop in the bucket. Yeah. now in regards to what's going on but we are also the face of the institution and when you go win the director's cup and you finish third place in cross country and you go win the football national title i mean i think we were looking at our our twitter page and just our twitter page just for you know the most recent video that kind of is the hype video of the national chip we had over a hundred thousand people watch that thing. yeah yeah that's a hundred thousand people that are like Hey, I want to come to potentially school. We had a football tryout in the gym here because there's snow on the ground. Yeah. 30 or 40 kids that came out of the woodworks that, that knew they were coming to work out in a gym because I want to be part of something special. I want a, a, an opportunity to play for a national championship team. And, you know, the recruiting obviously is off the charts and they're recruiting us now. We're not necessarily recruiting them. And so yeah. kind of the level of uh, a player that we're looking at specifically with football. And obviously, like I said, with track and field has just grown uh, tenfold with, with, with having some success. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, okay. And we deal with some really odd stuff. I mean, you think I mean, we, yeah. every year it's like, I can't yeah. believe that happened. So what is the weirdest thing, the most surprising thing or something in just your day-to-day, -day, whether it's at a game or what, which is the weirdest thing that's happened to you on the job? Um, yeah, I, I would tell you this, uh, it, this is PG rated, but I'll say it. Uh, I had a kid at a university try to uh, pass somebody else's urine in their drug test. And they they, I was in the room when they were taking this drug test. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, the only really reason that I caught them from going is because, you know, most people, you know, that, that go and pee in a cup for a drug test or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, that, 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 that's just a little part of the sample. And then the rest of it goes in the toilet. Well, this, this person didn't put any more in the toilet. And so when I was standing behind them, I realized that nothing was going in the toilet. Nah. And it, 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 that was by far the weirdest because, you know, the student had enough courage, obviously they were on, uh, 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 uh you know, a banned substance. Yeah. And uh, they knew they were going to get caught if, if this was the direction that they went, but they had enough courage because I, I, I would say that that's the thing that surprised me the most that I just, I wasn't, you know, in all these years, somebody that has the, the courage to try to 
go into, you know, our athletic trainer was in there, myself was in there and to try to do that, try to pull that off in front of us is just kids are getting more daring now. And, you know, whether it's with the COVID test, whether they got to take it on their own or whether your institution provides it, I just think that, you know, and I think the kids definitely changed, you know, I mean, when, when I was a student athlete, there were far less questions and it was yes, coach, no coach. Yes, sir. No, sir. Run through the wall and don't ask a whole lot of questions. Why? And I think now there just is more questions on, you know, why is it important for me to run through that wall? How does that make me better? How does that, what, what kind of impact is that going to make on the team? How's that going to make an impact on me individually? And I think that's good. I, I think that, you know, we, we've had just in this last COVID year, we've really had to be flexible and adjust and adjust with the kids uh, that are coming through now. And because they're asking a lot more questions and uh, they want to know why, and, you know, to try to figure out how, how to communicate. I think that's one of the hugest things that we've got going on is, you know, people really struggle with doing this, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and you and I both know we'd be doing this in person. Yeah. If you, you weren't in Iowa and I wasn't in Illinois, this yeah. is the easiest way to do this, but I just think sitting in front of somebody and being able to have a conversation is just so different now. And some of these just small credentials that kids need, whether it's public speaking or how to interview or is just so critical now. And and the more that we can offer those opportunities, the better our young people are going to be when they go out in the workforce. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much talk about what the biggest issue in college athletics is and whether that's, you know, the transfer portal or whatever that may be. And I think you have to describe it. Huge yeah, health and, and communication, right? Like being able to, you know, properly communicate what's going on and how I'm feeling and, you know, and just those simple soft skills that we could teach that could really get people out of a lot of bad situations, I think is, is probably one of the most concerning things, just generational that we have to deal with. Yeah. So, I- this is one of my favorite questions, especially with someone with you that has so much experience and, and have, have been in contact with so many different people. You know, what's the best piece of advice that you received? Um, and, and I imagine you'd probably give that advice to others, but if what's the best piece of advice you received and what was the best piece of advice you'd give to others? There's a lot of up and comers on the, uh, that are going to be watching, listening to this. This is an important question for them. So yeah. what would you say? So what I would tell you is this. Uh, the best piece of advice I can give a young person that is starting out, whether they're in tickets, compliance, admissions, is do the very best job that you can while you're in that job. And, you know, a a lot of times you may think that the grass is always greener or, you know, I thought my skill set was better for this job and I didn't even get a phone call for this job. And God's got you in the place that he wants you right now, man. And you've got to nail the job that you're doing right now. And I think the best thing that I can tell somebody and the best piece of advice that I got before I became an AD is, Ryan, you you need to learn how to be a really good number two. And I took that uh, to heart. And I came up underneath a guy by the name of Andy Carter, who's the director of athletics at Minot State University. And I was with him at Newberry and I was with him at Northwestern Oklahoma State when we transitioned them from NAI to Division II. And what, and so I worked for him for almost 10 years. And the thing that I learned working for Andy is I knew the role that he had, which was forward facing. 
And I knew being the number two meant that I was a little bit more behind the scenes. But my job was to prepare Andy and make sure he was ready for the spotlight and would never get caught off guard, whether it was an experience or curveballs or whatever the case may be. Because once I figured out how to be a really good number two, you know, being a number one, it's not easy, but it's definitely palatable. Yeah. Uh, and you move over and you move the 18 inches over and the, you know, they, they don't tell you, you got to go to more meetings and you got to take the phone calls from the parents more and you got to work out the financial aid situation and you're dealing with HR more. Look, that's the stuff they don't tell you. But if you figure out how to be a good number two and to be the best that you can be, whatever job that may be, whether it's events or admissions or compliance or you know whatever it may be. When you figure out and you and you prove to people and they see it, they can see the work that you're doing and say, man, I don't want to lose that guy. Because if I lose that guy, that guy knows so much about the institution, knows so much about the financial aid or what, whatever, whatever the scenario is, that person's going to be really hard to replace. That's what you want your boss to say. And when your boss sees that, they will continue to give you more uh, opportunities to uh, for growth, they'll give you more challenges, they'll give you more problems that need to be solved. And, and as you work your way through those challenges and those problems, and you prove not only to yourself that you can manage that, that, that type of workload, but, but then what you do is you gain the trust, not only of the person that you're working for, you gain the trust to yourself that you know that any curveball that or knuckleball that's thrown at you, you can smack it out of the park because you've been there and you've done it before. And at the end of the day, you can rest assured that even though I didn't get that job or maybe I felt like I should get that job and I didn't, I can do that job. I can do the job of an athletic director or of an internal ops person or a compliance person because I'm doing it here now. And even though I didn't get that opportunity, maybe I it wasn't quite what they were looking for, you just keep your just keep your head down. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I was I was 30 years old, uh, and I, I I was 26 years old when I interviewed at Upper Iowa University. 26 years old. There was no reason that I should have even in, been included in that email. I kept grinding it out. I had my master's degree. I finished and was almost done with my ABD with my doctorate. And I was starting to get looks at big time division two athletic director's job that I had no business being in, but I kept putting one foot in front of the other. I kept getting credentials. I kept putting myself in situations where I had to be uncomfortable with being comfortable. And, and, you, and you just kept working yourself up because when you get a guy like Andy Carter in your corner, he'll pick up the phone and call the president of Upper Iowa and say, you look at here, you don't need to look any further than Ryan Kaiser. And yes, he's never been an athletic director before, but he's been in every situation possible at the Newberry College. And I guarantee you, if he doesn't know how to find the answer, he'll, 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 he'll do his best to figure it out. And I think when you start gaining the trust of people like that, and look, at the end of the day, you know, you lost out to somebody that had 25 years of experience and it just wasn't your time, but, but you didn't let that disappoint you enough where you weren't willing to throw your name in the hat again and give it another try. Because I'll tell you, 
I've worked on a lot of different jobs and I've worked at a lot of different universities and I've been let go once before. And at the end of the day, I will tell you that the opportunity is yours. You can either let that moment define you or you can let it refine you and you put even more time and effort into your craft so that when you roll out of there, you're going to say, I'm not going to let that situation ever happen to me again. And I think that's what I would tell you is you just got to keep going one foot in front of the other. Don't let it define you. Let it refine you and just keep getting better. Get that 1% better every day. Ryan Kaiser, what a great way to end it. The director of athletics and recreational programs at the College of DuPage in Illinois. That was awesome. Uh, that, that, that answer right there needs to be on repeat for all the up and comers uh, and, and the people looking for that first opportunity. So really appreciate your time. Great connecting you with you again. Can't wait to see you there. Awesome, Nick. Good to see you, man. Take yeah. care. Yeah. See you later. Bye-bye. Oh,